You're listening to the One Man Show Network. Welcome to the MMA Fight Picks Podcast with your host, Aaron Weinbaum. Hey kids, welcome to the MMA Fight Picks Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Weinbaum. And uh, once again, if you're on the Periscope, feel free to chime in. Or if you're on the YouTube Live, chime in. And if you're on the audio, feel free to uh, hit subscribe, tell a friend, and leave me a nice Review enough about that. Super excited. I'm on a new camera. I could do karate on this thing if I wanted to, and it, I think it'll capture it. It's amazing. Uh, I'm still working out some kinks, obviously. I, th- I think I may need a higher powered computer to uh, to handle it all, but it is what it is. I'm here. We're going to recap some UFC. We're going to preview just a little bit UFC 247, and of course, we had a Bellator card over the weekend as well. So here we are. We we go from a UFC and rally and, and, and a Bellator card to nothing this weekend. Of course, we have the Super Bowl on Sunday. What am I going to do Saturday night? Crazy. I guess I'll just relax and uh, maybe hang out at the house. That That's nice, too. I, I, I do like to do that. So let's talk about UFC and rally first. What do you do with Curtis Blades? And what do you do with JDS? Interesting question. JDS has now lost two in a row. And not only did he lose two in a row, he lost to the tops of the division that isn't Francis Ngannou, Steve Miocic, or Daniel Cormier. He lost to Curtis Blades. He's right there. Now, the only other problem with that is kind of, we got the same thing going on with Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades has beaten everyone that isn't Francis Ngannou. And he could, however, get an end around to the title with another big win. You know, like, let's say, if Francis is tied up with Jorginho Rosenstrike. He could get a title shot without ever beating Ngannou. Interesting. But it's hard to put him ahead of Nagano. Same thing would happen if JDS would have won. Now, is Junior DeSantos on the tail end of his career? I would think so. I mean, he's lost now to to Overeem. Um, uh, he did beat Derek Lewis by punching him in the stomach, I guess. Uh, but l- think about it. He lost to Overeem. Uh, he's lost to Francis now. And... He lost to Curtis Blades. Now, Curtis Blades beats everyone, like I said, but Francis Ngannou. Kind of crazy to think about that, but it, but it is what it is. I don't know. I would hope to see some sort of conclusion coming up in the heavyweight division with who fights for the title. Are we going to see the trilogy between Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic? I hope so. I would like to see some clarity, a path to the title, a path to a title shot, or whatever. But I, I tend to think that Rosenstreak is hot. Jarzinho, Francis, probably the winner of that, is going to get a title shot to either Stipe or Daniel, or maybe even sooner than that if Stipe and Daniel does not happen. And we can also see, uh, you know, there's just so many options here. We, we we can see 
Jarzinho getting in there somewhere. Uh, maybe the loser of the Rosen streak in, in France's fight fighting the loser of the JDS Curtis Blades fight. It, it's kind of hard to see a Curtis Blades Francis Nagano three seeing that Nagano starched him twice. I don't know enough about that. What about Rafael oh, Dos Anjos? What's next for that guy? He has now lost four out of five in the welterweight division. He has proven now he doesn't beat anyone that is the top of the welterweight division. Now, does he go back to lightweight? Does he retire? I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I mean, he's a perennial gatekeeper, and now, no disrespect to Michael Chiesa, he's kind of a step below gatekeeper. And I see I have some viewers here on Periscope and YouTube. Feel free to chime in and, and tell me what you think. We're talking about Rafael Dos Michael Chiesa uh, from the UFC rally card. So, I don't know. Could he make it down to lightweight again? I don't know. He he, he seemed to said that that light that uh that weight cut killed him. But we know there's a lot more resources now since when he tried to make that cut in the past. You know, better science and that sort of thing. And what's next for Michael Chiesa? He has certainly proven that he belongs. In that welterweight division. Uh, he beats RDA. Rafael Desanos. Carlos Condit. Diego Sanchez. Since moving up to 170 pounds. Will he get his wish? His, his, his post fight call out. And get Colby Covington. Will he get the Colby Covington fight? You never know. I don't think you will. But that's why you call your shot, man. You never know. It's like Kevin Lee calling his shot against uh, Tony Ferguson. He wasn't ready for that, but there he was. He was propelled. He used his mouth to get in there, get in the game, get in that Tony Ferguson fight. You never know. And that's why you call your shot. I, I would love to see him against someone in that top tier. Michael Chiesa, that is. I'd like to see him against like a, a, a Damian Maya. Or maybe the loser of the Tyron Woodley Leon Edwards fight. You know, I I don't know. It's it, so many options uh, for that. And now you have an interesting situation in Bellator. You have Chris Cyborg, now the Bellator featherweight champion of the world. Okay, let's let's talk about this for a minute. Because here we had an opportunity with the UFC, the best fighting organization in the universe, bar none. I mean, it is what it is. You have the top competition there. Now, I do believe, however, Julia Budd, no disrespect to her, was top competition for Cyborg. But a lot of the other fighters, a lot of the other fights in Bellator, eh, questionable. Questionable matchups, questionable caliber against other questionable caliber, you know, like... Dylan Danis, for instance, fighting against guys that Scott Coker finds at the Arby's parking lot. But the relationship between Cyborg and the UFC, like I said, never good. They, you know, she killed herself just to get down to these 140 pounds, these these catchweight fights that they made for her. That that meant nothing. You know, in the hopes that someday she'd go down to 135 and fight Ronda. No, 
I wasn't going to happen. And I'm glad it didn't. And I'm glad Ronda didn't go up to 145, quite frankly, because I don't think that would have been good for her either. Um, In the UFC, they, they marketed her terribly. Her her only loss in the UFC, let's, let's put this in perspective. Her only loss in the UFC was against the champ champ, Amanda Nunez, okay? And either one of those girls in, in that fight could have been knocked out uh, by the other. But it just so happened, it just so ended up that um, Amanda Nunez got her first. I mean, she looked like she hit like a truck at 145 pounds. Not that she doesn't hit hard at 135 pounds, but my God, that was scary. I mean, she out cyborged cyborg in that fight. And let's talk about cyborg's next fight after that. You know, Dana White says she was scared to fight Amanda Nunez. I don't know. I wasn't there. I wasn't in the conversation, but Cyborg then goes to fight Felicia Spencer, who makes a lot of girls look bad. And it, and, and she, it's an ugly fight with her. You know, it's, it's a grinding, grinding fight. And I thought she did a good job against Cyborg. Now, she probably lost every round, but she still was in there like the whole time. Um, It's just what Felicia Spencer does. Uh, then we have a bad decision with Cyborg's production team. She has like a YouTube crew that follows her around or a camera crew, whatever you want to call it. And edits a video, I guess, with her and Dana White where it was engineered that Dana said certain things that he did not say. Kind of crazy. Uh, and that's it. She's out. She's out of the UFC. But Bellator, in their infinite wisdom, snatches her up, pushes her as the greatest ever, puts her up against, you know, Julia Budd for the title, right off. Julia Budd for the title, who hasn't lost. Let's just not forget Julia Budd here. She's no slouch. She hasn't lost since she fought at 135 pounds against, guess who? The greatest 235 pounders to ever do it, Ronda Rousey. And Amanda Nunez. Um, and then she moves up to featherweight. Finds a lot of success in Bellator. Didn't lose a fight. Now let's talk about this fight. You know, Cyborg did largely dominate Julia Budd. Uh, until finally folding her in half. Boom. Fourth round. With a body shot. To become. The. Let's call it the Grand Slam champion. I'm, I did not coin that phrase. It, she is. The Grand Slam champion, not because she's won the same title four times. She's won four different featherweight titles and four different organizations, okay? We're talking Invicta Strike Force, the UFC, and Bellator. What, in my opinion, what a screw-up by the UFC to let Cyborg go. And I still see I got some Periscopers watching, so feel free to chime in and let me know what you think about the whole Cyborg situation. That's what we're talking about right now. And we're getting ready to talk about UFC 247 coming up. But, yeah, what a screw-up, man. I mean, I think it is not easy to find 145-pound girls for Cyborg to go against, but certainly, certainly think that rematch would be out there with Amanda Nunez. Now, if what Dana White was saying is true... And, you know, she was scared. Cyborg was scared to fight Nunez. I don't think that's true, but 
it is what it is. Maybe she was scared to fight Nunez. I don't know. I don't think so. But what what a screw up. I mean, what you have no 145-pound division. What are you going to do? Are you going to recycle uh, Felicia Spencer again? Are you going to have her go, go up against Amanda Nunez? I don't think so. Um, I, I don't know what you're going to do at 145 pounds with Amanda Nunez. Uh, maybe Megan Anderson. I think she may have just won a fight. I don't know. It's it's all kind of crazy. I, I think, honestly, Cyborg was the only chance at 145 to do anything with Amanda Nunez. And I don't even know at this point who beats Amanda Nunez at 135 pounds. And what she did to Holly Holm, you know, the, the way she just handled uh during demandment Jermaine Duraname can't say it real tough name uh it's crazy uh it is crazy and it's crazy to let cyborg go but let's talk about a moment let's talk about a look ahead here without picking any fights really let's talk about UFC 247 again like UFC 246 not a real strong card it does have two title fights, but it's not a strong card. Uh, not even a little bit. And this is kind of what's going on with the UFC. Um, putting on all these events, except for this weekend, of course. They put on all these events, but you know, here we are. We go from a pay-per-view with no title fights to a pay-per-view with two title fights. Let's not forget that UFC 246 and UFC 245 were both main events without title fights. We had the well, the BMF title, but that's not a real title. I'm sorry, it's not. It's not a real title. Okay, it, it was a made-up title to hype out, hype up uh, Nick Diaz and Jorge Masvidal. All right, that's all it was, and. You know, to say any different, no. So you got the UFC with these pay-per-views that cannot get title fights in every pay-per-view, but yet we don't see a 165-pound weight class. We don't see a 195-pound weight class. I think both are crucial because of the gaps, you know, obviously between lightweight and welterweight. And, of course, the gap between uh, middleweight and light heavyweight. So we say we can't do all these titles and have all these fights, but here we are uh, struggling for main events. I will tell you this. If we're on the radio, we're taking a break, and we're back. All right. Um, But I want to take a look. I, I want to take a look at this card, okay? Dominic Reyes gets a shot. It's a light heavyweight gold against the great John Jones after he spoiled Chris Weidman's light heavyweight debut. Reyes spoiled Chris Weidman's light heavyweight debut, moving up from 185 pounds to 205. Okay, here's the problem with that. I'm sorry, uh, 180 pounds. My bad. He was too small for the middleweight like weight class. And too big, I'm sorry, too big for the middleweight weight class. And I think he's too small for the light heavyweight class. So um, I, I'm having a brain fart with the middleweight. Uh, 
just just to look this up, if anyone's out on uh, the Periscope, feel free to help me out here. But no. So the UFC middleweight is... Yeah, 185. I'm sorry. I was right the first time. It's 185 pounds, okay? So that's a 25-pound difference, okay? So you're going from 170, 25, that's a 15-pound gap. Why can't? Why not make it 10s all the way? 175, 185, 195, 205. You know, it's not, it's not like you have all these great fights every weekend to round this out. But let's talk about that. You know, we had some people that had great success moving up. We had... Obviously, Anthony Lionheart Smith. We had obviously Tiago Santos. Both got title shots, and 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 some would even argue that Tiago Santos beat the great John Jones. But you know, Luke Rockhold, Chris Weidman did not attain the same success by by moving up, and, and you would think they would. I mean, honestly. You know, you know the the blueprint was there. Let's talk about another title fight. There, Valentina Shevchenko defends her flyweight title against Caitlin Chukagian. Now, I think this, this fight should have happened a while ago. It, it ended up that Valentico, Val, oh my gosh, Shevchenko had an uninspired performance against um, Liz Kamarouche before Liz Kamarouche was unceremoniously released. From the UFC, uh, but she is defending against the rightful, I think, the rightful contender, Chukagian. Now, I don't know how that will go. I don't see anyone really beating Valentina Shevchenko. I think she was a handful at 135 pounds. She beats everyone that's not Amanda Nunez, but there was a split decision there. And some say she did win the fight there. Um, somehow, the much smaller Eiler Latifi. It's moving up to heavyweight to fight uh, Derek Lewis. I don't know. If if this is going to be another uh, nutritionally balanced Derek Lewis, I don't see Latifi doing very well. You know, Derek Lewis hired a nutritionist, kind of lost the belly, kept the girth, looked great his last fight. For me, this is really just a three-fight pay-per-view. I mean, I'm going to get it. I always get them, but but we'll see. Juan Adams, also on the card, got starched by Greg Hardy early. You know, I like this guy. I hope he does well just because I like his personality. I love these big heavyweights that have personality. I I, I think it grows more parity there. Um, I don't know. What do you think will happen? What do I think will happen? I don't know, but I will tell you this. I'm not making picks until next week for the full MMA Fight Picks podcast, UFC 247 edition. Now, until next week, this is Aaron Wymom, the MMA Fight Picks podcast. Shalom. Maybe not. This is crazy. This thing doesn't work. Ah! Please remember to support the podcast by visiting the affiliate links on AaronSaysWhat.com.